as you're here with us, would you stand and let's worship together. And those watching online, we're so glad you joined us. Thankful that God is not limited to a church building. He's present wherever you're worshiping. So let's raise our hallelujah no matter where you are, in your car, at home, or in here together. Let's raise our hallelujah. God, we worship you and we welcome you into this place. We give you all glory and honor. I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. I raise a hallelujah louder than the unbelief. I raise a hallelujah. My way. Is a man. 
just in this moment, don't we? Together we just step into his grace. Step into his presence as he welcomes us. To bless us. Because of Jesus, he speaks, you are holy. You are righteous, declares the Lord. We are clothed in his righteousness. And so we praise you, Father. We praise you, Son, Jesus. And Holy Spirit, we praise three and one. It is here in this moment that we rest, that we lay down our burdens, that we step away from all that would possess us because we step into the one who holds us, who guards us. on you, Father. We move from this earthly plane into the heavenly plane as we step into his presence. Know that the Lord is good. He is good. would he have you release this morning? What can you give him that he wants to take from you? So we rest this morning, Father, in your presence. We sing with breath that you've given us. You give life, you are love, you bring light to the darkness, you give hope, you restore a free heart that is broken, so we sing. Great are you, Lord. Let's just sing that again. time for the Holy Spirit. dwells in our praises. He inhabits our praises. 
serious what have you got hold of that he wants you to release to him today we're going to join our hearts and our voices with the angels above seated with Christ. We are seated with Christ. So let's join together to sing with the earth, to shout his praise. All the earth will shout his praise. All the earth will shout his praise.
Just so you know, we're in no hurry right now. I was reminded in the first service when we came to this moment, and it was very much a similar atmosphere and a similar ethos, a similar dynamic. And I thought about young Joshua. See, when Moses would go out to the tent of meeting, and that pillar of fire would descend on the tent, and hover over it and Moses would commune with the Lord and there was such an atmosphere in the Lord's presence and an atmosphere in that tent that when Moses the Bible says well, he would go back into the city back into the, to the camp and Joshua would remain in the tent of meeting and he would linger and tarry before the Lord in his presence. What's so beautiful about that story is that Joshua was okay with getting Moses leftovers. He was okay. He, he was okay with not being the number one, but being willing to just ride the coattails, so to speak. But what little Joshua did not know, what young Joshua didn't get, was that those moments in the tent of meeting were the seasons of preparation. That was like a greenhouse that was cultivating his heart and his spirit to lead the nation over the Jordan into the promised land, into the land flowing with milk and honey that God had promised. Joshua led out of presence, not just out of power. He led out of the place of rest and posturing himself before the Lord, not out of striving and straining. But here's what's beautiful now today, church. That was Old Testament. That was before Jesus. Jesus. 
Jesus came. He lived his life. He died, was crucified, but he rose again. The Bible says now he makes intercession for all the saints all the time before the Lord. And now there is no leftovers. We don't have to settle for number two or being second. We can enjoy the presence of the Lord perpetually. Whether we're in a tent of meeting like this, or whether we're in our workplace or the cab of our truck or the kitchen or the office, wherever we find ourselves, we can rest into and enjoy the presence of the Lord. No less than what Joshua experienced in the tent of meeting has been afforded to you and me today because of what Jesus has done and subsequently what happened at Pentecost and at Cornelius' house when the Holy Spirit was released upon the, the church. So Lord, we are grateful for your presence and we welcome your presence. And it is our heart to linger, dwell, and tarry as long as needed. We thank you for your work. Thank you that you're doing heart work right now in this moment throughout this body. And for our friends and family that are watching online, you're doing heart work in that place as well. And we thank you for what you're doing. I picture in my mind uh, an open heaven right now above this place, and it's as though rain is falling, and it's, it's not just staying on this property. It's going out in all directions, touching businesses and residences and flowing out across this county. Lord, let the river flow. Let it flow. And may everywhere where the river goes, may life happen. We love you and honor you in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen. amen. You can be seated. Thank you so much. And thank you for the privilege of being here today so we can worship together and enjoy the presence of a God. Isn't he good, family? Isn't it beautiful? It is. It's okay to enjoy that and rest in that. And Russ, thank you for leading us into that, that posture of rest. And, uh, you know, we're getting to, for a moment, press the pause button and just breathe in him and enjoy him. So remember that song, this is the air I breathe. And, you know, this is the air I breathe and your holy presence. That's what we're doing here today. My name is Jimmy Pruitt. I'm the lead pastor here at the bridge. I want to welcome you. I would say to our house, but it's really the Lord's house. So welcome to God's house today. Thanks for being with us today. We, we had a wonderful, glorious morning already. By the time you got here, this is bonus time for us. We get to do this with you, and it's such a privilege to do it. So thank you for being here. Again, Jimmy Pruitt, lead pastor here, and I just welcome you. And for those of you walking on, watching online, thanks for being with us today. And my prayer for you, ongoing, and, and even that today was that you would sense, feel, experience, and encounter the same atmosphere that we have the privilege of together here in person, but that that would happen for you wherever you are, even if you're watching it on playback later, that there would be such a sense of God's presence. I don't know how God does that all through technology. It's not a, it's not a how, it's a wow for me. So I'm just believing that wherever you're watching, whenever you do, you're going to be, you're going to sense what we're experiencing here right now. So thanks for joining us. If you have any prayer requests or prayer needs, we want to pray for you. And you can look on the screen, you see the, the uh, 
address there, info at bridgefbg.com. You can send in a prayer request. That comes directly to me. I'm glad to get that for you. I'll get it out to our team. We want to pray with you and stand with you. And just as a little reminder here in a little bit, we're going to uh, participate in communion and in generosity. So feel free to prepare yourself for that. While you're there, you can get some things together for that to join us in just a few minutes. For those of you that are here and if you're a first-time guest, I want to welcome you to the bridge and thank you for being here today. And in a sense, and I mean this in a good way, you've jumped on a moving train. So thanks for being here and for hanging on a little ride with us. And we're glad that you're here. We're really glad and we want to bless you. First of all, I want to welcome you with just a round of applause, a hand clap to say thank you. And in addition to that, we've got a little gift for you that are here. In fact, Wendy's got our little gift bag, and that's just got all kinds of goodies in it just to let you know that we're, we appreciate you being here. That's all that's saying is thanks for being here today. So be, uh, feel free to stop by the Connect Center on the way out. You can fill out a Connect card, and we'll give you one of those gift bags. And then also, if you have any prayer needs here in the house, you can also stop by the Connect Center. The prayer cards are right there. Feel free to get one of those and uh, fill it out, put it in any of the deposit, these little drop boxes you see around the building, and uh, we'll get that to our team because we want to pray with you and be a blessing to you. Also, just as a reminder, our safety team's always on point. I want you to know that and be encouraged by that. And, uh, you know, we're, we live in Fredericksburg, right? We don't call 911 here. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So if you'll notice, <laughs> there are more ladies in this church packing heat right now than men, I promise. So, uh, so we're, so we're really protected. So if you'll notice the exit doors right there on the side, there's one in the back on the way out, and then out that large door on the other side there, there's uh, safety exits. We do appreciate our safety team, and, and uh, man, they are on task, and we appreciate it. Yeah, bless them. Thank you, guys. Then also let you know what's going on, our, our 2020 contribution statements, several of you have written in on that. They're ready. They're out in the hall, actually, with your name on the envelope if you contributed this last year. And so uh, feel free to stop by and pick those up. This will be the last week we announce this. For after this uh, after this weekend, we'll end up mailing those, whatever's left over, and get those out to you. And then also, Financial Peace University, my boss, my ex-boss, Dave Ramsey, near and dear to my heart. Go big or go home, Dave. So we, we do Financial Peace University here, and it is an amazing class. It's more like it becomes a group. It's, it's more of a connect group than anything, and it becomes this support group and helping you walk and get out of debt and learn some biblical principles about managing your finances well and handling God's blessings God's ways. So that's going to start. Doug is uh, uh, leading that. Doug Spredo, he comes to our first service. He is amazing, and he is good at what he does. So that will begin on February 17th. That's Wednesday evening at 6.30 p.m. You can go to our website. And uh, that information for that class is there. There is also a sign-up sheet, uh, and we'll give some direction on how to register for that class. You'll do that part online. And so thank you again uh, for, for participating in that. And um, that's it. The, what I also want to do now is lead into one of my favorite things that we do. And that is where we celebrate our union in Christ. Our union in Christ. The power of union in Christ is this. Jesus said it in John chapter 17, John 15, and other places, all through the New Testament, but particularly through the Gospels. Jesus talked about the fact that not only do we have the privilege of abiding in him, abiding in the vine, so to speak, but he also says he abides in us. So we have this union, this coming together of 
us as humans, as people, into Christ. And this is, this is the amazing thing, is that when we are in Christ, the Bible's very clear in Ephesians chapter 2, that we've been raised up together with him. That means when he, he was buried with Christ, he was buried, then raised. As he's raised up, we now are raised up with him. And it says this, and seated in heavenly places. Did you know you're sitting in heavenly places right now? feels a little bit like heaven in this atmosphere right now. But literally, your spirit, man, even though your physical body is stuck on terra firma, on the ground right here, your spirit, man, is communing with him. I know it's mind-blowing. Don't ask how, just say wow. It's mind-blowing. But just receive the truth of that and the life that it brings is I'm in two places. So in a very real sense, we're sort of stuck in between right now. We're living in the tension of two worlds. And you know what? It's not the worst place because this is where our character gets ironed out. This is where we grow, where we learn, where we develop. So all that tension actually works for us, even though sometimes it feels like it's working against us. So we're seated in Christ in heavenly places, and Ephesians chapter 1 tells us where that is. That Jesus sat down at the right hand of the Father. At the right hand of the throne. If Jesus is at the right hand of the throne and we're seated in Jesus, we're in Christ, guess where we are? We're at the right hand of the throne. Let that blow your mind. Now, here's the beauty of this. That as we are in Christ, it says now, seated at the right hand of the Father, we are far above all principality, power, might, and dominion. That means everything is under your feet. You might need to remind yourself of that about now. All things are under my feet. What does that make you? It makes you a perpetual overcomer. Seated in Christ in heavenly places, sitting at the right hand of the Father. And that is the place, the right hand of the throne is the place of authority and the place of favor. You know what that makes you? You're not an Amorite. You're not a Perizzite. You're not a Hittite. You are a favorite. In Christ, you are his. In Christ, you have favor on your life. So when I come to and celebrate communion, it's more than just taking a piece of, you know, piece of this bread or, or this little juice cup. It actually signifies that I am celebrating. I'm remembering who Jesus is, what he did, and who I am in him. That's communion. That's union. If you don't have one of these cups, real quickly, if you'll slip, slip your hand up, we'll get those to you. Just put your hand up where that can be seen, and uh, there's Amy and Jason. They'll bring that to you, so just make sure they, they see you. Be sure and get that. If you're with us and you've never been with us, and you've never uh, participated in communion, we practice open communion here at the bridge. So uh, we have an open table with Jesus. So feel free to participate with us. We ask one simple thing that you do, and that is that you simply open your heart. The Bible calls it examine your heart. Open your heart. You don't even have to understand it. Just say, Lord, I don't understand all this. I don't, I don't get all this. But, but I'll open my heart to whatever it is you want to show me and teach me. He'll meet you there. 
So, a little housekeeping, peel the, the clear layer back almost all the way, not quite, and then you can peel the gold layer after that, and that'll, that'll reveal the juice. So Jesus, when he's with his disciples on the night he was before, before he was betrayed, he was with them, they were enjoying that fellowship meal that we've talked about so often. And he picked up a common cup and a piece of bread. It was unleavened. There's no, nothing in it to make it rise. And he held it before me. He said, this is my body given for you. Now, notice he didn't say taken because no one took Jesus. Jesus gave himself over. So this is his body given for us. And then the juice, it represents his blood. And he uses an interesting word. It's the word Bible in the Bible. It says remission in some translations. But it literally means the removal or the eradication of sin. Isn't that amazing? That he removes it. He eradicates sin from us. And the Old Testament tells us in the Psalms, as far as what? The east is from the west. That's a long way, family. It's clear around the world, isn't it? It's a long way. So Jesus... As we're before you, and those of you online, join us. We are grateful. Oh, we're so grateful this morning for your presence. Grateful for the work that you're doing in us and through us. And grateful for the journey we are on together as the body of Christ, the family of God. But also grateful for the journey that we are on with you, step by step, day by day. Or as Dave Ramsey always said, baby steps. We're baby-stepping it. So, Lord, we remember right now, we are grateful. And we honor you in our remembrance. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen and amen. You can take the elements. If you'll hang on to those, uh, Amy and Jason will be by and they'll pick up uh, your cups for you. And we're going to dismiss our children to go to their Bridge Kids class, and we love the next generation. And what a challenge right now these, these children are under, and, and parents. So I just want to take a moment and pray for them. Would you join me in that? Father, in the name of Jesus, we lift up our children. We are so grateful. Lord, my ask today is that you would guard their destiny. You would cover and guard their destiny in Christ. And Lord, that the world, no matter what happens on this planet, no matter where culture goes and forces and of culture and the spirit of the age takes all of this, that you will guard their destiny. And Lord, for us, we have a responsibility in that, and we, we were full well on that, Lord, in guarding their destiny and bringing Jesus to them. We pray for our teachers. Thank you for their, their sacrifice and their heart to teach our students. We bless them. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen, amen. Let's clap together and bless them as they go. Head to their class. I want to take a moment and talk about generosity and giving. Um, so blessed in this church. We, you are amazing, first of all, because you are generous by nature. And I've said it a lot, is that when we look almost the most like our Father when we're generous, there's something about generosity and releasing and letting go that is so impactful for so many people. And I want to say thank you for your continued giving, support, graciousness in it. And generosity. You know, back when we entered into almost a year ago, is this wild or what, this pandemic, can you believe it's almost been a year? 
when we entered into this pandemic about a year ago, you know, churches all over didn't know what to expect. I mean, we were out for 11 weeks, and our team came up here, and it was an empty room, and, and we had this one camera over here. I think we got two somewhere in the middle of that, but we were start off that one camera, and we were just doing the best we could with what we had. And what was amazing is that our giving did not suffer. You continue to be faithful, and it is so amazing. And I want to say thank you for your, for your continual faithfulness. And here's what's amazing. By the end of 2020, which, as you know, it'll go down in the history books, right, as the weird year. You know, just everything odd that could happen did, and it's going to go down in that. But what's interesting is that as we look back on that year, uh, we were able to turn the corner in our finances and do just amazing, like 400000 above budget. Plus, we were able to pay off with our combining our end-of-year offering, which was about $65,000, and thank you, thank you, thank you for that. And then we were able to add to it up to, and we paid down $100,000 off of our building just this year. Amen? So thankful. So thankful for that, and, and because our heart really is to, to, to manage and work and get past this building and all that and be debt-free moving forward, and so that's our heart. So thank you for your for your, your faithfulness. As we prepare our hearts to give, I want to invite you to prepare your offerings. You'll notice we're not passing plates, so you'll see the, the drop boxes around the various doors. And we're going to worship together. And during that time, you're released. If you brought your offering, you can go over there and make your deposit. And I ask one little favor. Would you bless it? Would you speak a blessing over it? Here's how you do it. So simple. You say, Lord, bless this wherever it goes. Bless it. Bless it. May people come to know Christ because of this bless it. Now I want to show you who we're giving to because this is so amazing. We have the privilege of supporting all of these people, all of these ministries. And so you're really not giving to the church, you're giving through the church as we sow into support and bless these ministries. Some are international, some are local, some are more regional in nature. So we're all over the world and just know that what we're doing is making a difference for hundreds of thousands of people when you put all those together. So thank you for what you're doing. It's our privilege to do it. We're adding some here and there as we can, and, and weighing that out, we'll always do the next thing Jesus told us to do. So that's what we're doing there. So as we pray together, I want to invite you to go ahead and stand to your feet as we prepare to give our offering in worship. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for the privilege of giving and sowing. And we do it in faith. And we do it with gratitude and joy. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen and amen. You're the word at the beginning. One with God, the Lord most high. Hidden glory and creation.
Just be still just for a minute. Think about that name. The beautiful name of Jesus. The name that is above all names. Name that is higher than any other name. And we get the privilege of having a relationship with We get to walk with him and talk with him and get to know him personally. Jesus, we honor you. Father, we honor you. Spirit, we honor you. We are grateful before you. As we turn our attention to your word, the scripture, would you open our eyes that we may see? Would you open our ears that we may hear? And would you open our heart that we may know the truth that sets us free? Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth, be our teacher today. Lead us and guide us into all truth. Would you speak to us and reveal to us what you want us to learn today, what you want us to take away from today? And Lord, teach us what it means to apply what we learn, our theology, that it may become practical theology, practical faith, practical Christianity that is for our daily life. So teach us. We're listening and our hearts are prepared. In Jesus' name. Someone say amen. 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 You can be seated, prepare your heart, and keep your eyes on the screen.
you say amen to that video piece? And can you thank Russ for finding that for us? He works hard at that. Russ, we appreciate you. Love you. Thank you for what you do. I was uh, sharing it with the first service. I wanted to share a little bit about. Uh, I was, um, you remember Sticks, the band Sticks? Of course you do. Uh, so, you know, Miss America, The Grand Illusion, all that. So um, there was a song, Angry Young Man, wasn't the name of the song, but that was, that was the line in it angry young man. I was that angry young man. I was the firstborn. If you have any firstborns in the house, so you too have anger issues, I could see. So we can relate to one another. Firstborns typically very stubborn, very strong, very independent because our parents made all their mistakes on us. Can I get an amen? They blew it and then the next one comes along and everything's great, you know, but for us as firstborns, we paid the price of our parents' first ignorance. Amen? Can we be honest here? Come on, family. Uh, so, so we paid the price. So we grew up strong. We grew up independent. We grew up just having that forward thinking. And, you know, my dad would try to help me do something. I thought, I got this. got this. And, but here's what consequently came with all of this forwardness and this intensity. I've got this. I've got this. First of all, a good thing, passion came out of that. Passion, strength, strong-willed. Secondly, though, a lot of intensity and the potential for anger came out of that as well, because I'm telling you, the enemy is an opportunist who loves to prefer every good thing. And sometimes he does it with a quarter turn in our life, just a little tweak, and we're off the rails. And so I grew up that kid intense. I was an athlete. I was always into everything. Everything gave way to the next thing, and, and I grew up that way. And then between my junior and senior year, my parents got a divorce. And just blew our world apart. And when that happened, this angry young man got really angry. And what happened in me is that a root of bitterness lodged in my spirit and in my soul. And there was just bitterness, just anger. And I'm telling you, that was... I don't even like talking about that period, my senior year of high school, because I, I went pretty wild. I went pretty crazy after that. And uh, I was that fiery kid. Now, as an adult, I get born again. God is amazing. Woo, this is amazing. And in my mind, I thought, now that I'm a Christian, all of that just evaporates. Did anybody else think that initially? Hey, when I gave my life to Jesus, everything's in the past. I won't ever have to deal with any of this residual stuff. How many of you know we were dead wrong? Come on, somebody. We just be honest. All of a sudden, here you are, a new Christian. Things are going great, and you're living in the honeymoon, the new Christian honeymoon for a moment. You know, I don't know, it, lasted, it was probably about a couple of weeks for me. I don't know how long it lasted for you, but everything's amazing. God's answering prayers, and then all of a sudden, you something from your past, the residue blows back up. And you're like, wait, I thought that was over. I'm a new person. i got a new heart. Why is this happening? And it's this residue, this residual. Here's the thing. We train our flesh in things. We're training all of our lives. We're being conditioned. We're being trained. We're, we're surviving. We're coping. We're dealing with trauma. Often not out loud and where others can come in and help us do it in a healthy way. And by the time we become adults... We're dragging, I mean, it looks like you're on a 37-day trip overseas 
You know those people that are at the airport checking in? And they've got baggage all around us. They've got kids hanging off of suitcases. They've got dogs in crates. And they're there with all their 70 bags of Samsonite. And every time I'm at the airport and I see those poor families, I feel really bad for them. When I see them, I think in terms of this is sometimes what we look like in Christ. That even though we're born again, we're saved, and we pray, and we have a version Bible on our phone. That makes it legit, right? And all of those things are there, but yet we are dragging this stuff around. And what I found is as a young, new Christian, I was still dragging. I kept that suitcase. It was huge. And I remember when Annette and I, we, were, we had been into our marriage for a while. We were pastoring then. And I don't know if you remember this, and it was in the kitchen. I remember the spot. I remember the grain on the cabinet. I mean, I remember everything about that moment. And I had a moment where I blew up. I had a right to be mad, and I exercised it. I exercised my entitlement. And I'll never forget, she looked at me and she said, you are an angry man. And it, it cut to my heart. I was devastated. Not because of what she said, but because of what was revealed in the moment. I couldn't even fight that because I'm standing there mad. I'm standing there angry, probably over nothing. And she, like the prophet slash Holy Spirit she is, pierced into my heart and it was true and I knew it. And I promptly made an appointment with a guy in McKinney, Texas, a therapist. And I went to see him. And I drove on a drizzly, dreary day from Abilene to McKinney and sat down with this man that I didn't know I'd met one time. And I sat down with him. And not long, he had pried open my chest. Have you ever watched TV? I've never been in a real operating room. I hope to not be in one, frankly. But on TV, you know, they put those clamps in there and they crack open their sternum. I know, we watch TV too much probably, but, and that's exactly what this therapist did. He opened me up, and I know it was the grace of God to give him the ability to zero in. It was the Holy Spirit at work, and he pulled out my still beating heart and held it before me. He said, this has damage. It's a very elaborate metaphor, so go with me. Use your sanctified imagination. So picture my heart in this man's hands. And he's saying, there's a lot of damage here. And together, he and I invited the Holy Spirit to come and heal the broken places. To take me back where the damage occurred. You know where it took me back to, at least in this instance? It took me back to my parents' divorce. And I didn't realize how angry I was at my dad. And at my mom, because she died not too long after that. And I was mad at her for dying. I was angry heart was damaged and I'd been carrying this around for years and he was able to take me through and completely eradicate what I realized was not only a mentality or an emotion or a root that had grown down in me it was also a spirit a spirit of anger I don't know how all those we could get a whiteboard and draw all that out but at the end of the day mentality spirit emotion feeling damage it's all it all adds up to what we that we leak out what we're full of 
and I was leaking out anger. Now I was able to keep it stuffed. Anybody know what I'm talking about? We are like a bunch of walking volcanoes. You know, we got it all under the surface, and remember they said, oh, that, that's dormant. That will never erupt. Mount St. Helens will never erupt. Mount Shasta will never, it's dormant. But what we don't know, us that are not geologists and into all that, is that under the surface, that magma, that molten lava is building, it's back building pressure. Here's what I learned the hard way about anger. And you'll know this by experience. Is that it's going to come out somehow. It's going to go somewhere. And like lava coming out of a volcano, whether it's a hard eruption like Mount St. Helens that blows half the mountain off, or if it's a slow trickle, either way, it's going to come out and it's going to take the path of least resistance. You ever watched a lava flow? Thank the Lord, not up close. Kind of like the operating room. Don't want to go there. But, I, but I've watched the video, I've watched the documentaries, and a lava flow is not all that fast. Sometimes a river will happen, but most of the time, it's pretty slow. And it's a slow-moving, destructive force. Anger finds the path of least resistance in us. And it comes out of us the most inopportune times. And in a way... It seems to betray who we say we are, who we think we are, who we want to be, who we desire to be in Christ. So we have got to deal with this. Then why am I bringing her? Well, it's Matt Long's fault, so if you want to blame somebody. Matt reached out to me. Matt has a radio show, a weekly show on Friday, and I do a, I, he and I record an interview segment that I do every week. It's about 12 minutes long, and every Friday that airs. And so every week he floats me a topic, and the topic this week was, you know, in light of what's going on in our culture and the nutty year and now the strange 2021 that we find ourselves in, he's, he said, let's talk about anger. He said, everywhere he goes, people are angry. I said, interesting enough, everybody I talk to seems to be angry. I said, there's a lot of that going around. We need to address it. We need to get some help to some folks. And so we talked about it on the show, but I could not shake it in terms of what I felt like we needed to do here. And here's what I likened it to, just on the moment I felt like the Lord gave me a, just a simple metaphor. Anger is like a low-grade fever in your body. You know, some people live with a low-grade fever for months and even years because if it never spikes, you don't know there's a problem. So I'm not as concerned about the spikes in a fever and or the spikes in our anger as I am concerned about the low-grade, ongoing damage that that is creating in the human body, in spiritual sense, in your spirit, in your soul. And you can never separate the mind, spirit, and body connection. It's like a wheel. If one's off, everything's off. We know even from what you know, we see in statistics and articles about stress, and what it does to the physical body. It can take you out, literally. I've heard doctors say, I've heard radio show hosts, commentators say that if we could eradicate stress, upwards of 60 to 90% of hospital stays would stop. And the reason why we're constantly having to go in for repairs of some kind is because of stress, pressure, and tension. And so that's what I'm concerned about for the body of Christ as I have been talking to folks 
for the last year since COVID started and then ramping up to a weird election. And now where we find ourselves, there are a lot of people that are carrying around. Some are spiking, but many are still carrying around this low-grade fever of anger. And the problem with that is that it's doing damage, whether we know it or not. Let me share some scripture with you, just some short things. But I want to give you a way out. I want to give you something that will help you navigate and take a step towards literally overcoming this anger. We may not can fix it in a minute, but the Holy Spirit can do a lot of work, can do a lot of work. Ephesians chapter 4, listen to this and what the Bible says about the hidden undercurrent of anger. Verse 26, in your anger, do not sin. Notice it doesn't tell you not to be angry. It just says that in your anger, don't sin. In other words, you know this, it's not that we're not to be angry. It's that what do we do with the anger that we have? And he's saying, in your anger, don't sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. Someone say, uh-oh, real loud. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Ooh. If I just sleep it off. If I just sleep it off. You know, a lot of times a low-grade infection or an infection that's in your body, you can't just sleep it off. Sometimes you need some outside help. z to help eradicate that out of your body. And it's no different here. We sleep on it. It doesn't get better. In fact, it can rage worse and even fester. Verse 27, and do not give the devil a foothold. The implication here and where this is going is that where there is anger and you're sinning and while you're sleeping on it and it's festering, then you're actually creating something that the enemy has to hold on to. It says here a foothold. We use the word stronghold a lot. It gives a stronghold. And let me tell you, the enemy is an opportunist. Can I get an amen from anybody by experience? He is an opportunist. He's not powerful, but he's smart. And he will leverage your weak moment. He will leverage your pain, leverage your trauma, leverage your hurt, leverage your damage. He will leverage your anger. Don't give him a foothold. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. Make every effort to live in peace with a few people that you're close to. <laughs> we wish, make every effort to live in peace with all men and to be holy. Here's the good news about being holy. Holy is not based on how you act. Holiness is based on who you are in Christ Jesus. You know that thing I went off on during the communion about being in Christ? Listen, he makes you holy. You don't make yourself holy. We surrender to what the work that he has done. And now, because of him, Colossians chapter 1, verse 22 says this. He made us to be holy, blameless, and above reproach in God's sight. Bonus, that's the lottery, family. You've been made to be, because of Jesus, holy, blameless, and above reproach. You know what that means? Flawless. You know, whoa, you haven't watched me lately. Hey, listen, we're all, we're all one hot mess working towards something, right? We're living towards something. But here's the crazy tension we live in. The facts say we're a mess. The truth says we're holy. And what are you going to believe? Facts which are temporary and subject to change? Or are you going to believe the truth that is eternal and never changes? I'm opting for truth. Anybody want to join me on that journey? 
Oh, the peace of God will flood your soul with this one. Listen. See to it, verse 15, that no one misses the grace of God. And that, this is huge, and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. This is the danger of this low-grade anger fever, is that it creates an opportunity for a stronghold, for what the Bible calls a root of bitterness. Listen, you know people like that, because I know that's not in here. I, we know people like that, amen? That when you get around them, they leak out what they're full of, and there's something toxic in their language, something toxic in their vocabulary. Everything, I mean, the glass is never half full. It's always half empty. The world is going to hell in a handbasket, to quote my granddad. I mean, it is like everything is bad. Everything's going wrong. I mean, it, it is Eeyore from, what's that famous? Huh? Help me, somebody. Winnie the Pooh, yeah. That happens when I'm up here a lot. So it's like Eeyore, where everything's dark, everything's bad, everything, nothing's going to work. What is that? It's a toxicity. Anger has created this bitter root. And man, I'm telling you, like, you know, they always say, never keep a wild animal as a pet. And I don't know if you ever watch the news, but every once in a while, one of these weird stories pops up in the headlines where this fox turned on its owner. Because they thought, oh, they're so cute. It's basically a dog with a big tail. And, you know, oh. And then this thing, it's a wild animal. It's going to go primal at some point. Here's the tragedy about this root of bitterness. You and I have the potential to go primal. To go base. To go dark. Because the Holy Spirit won't stay where he's invited. Where he's not invited. Where he's not welcome. And when that root grows down into us, it takes a stronghold in our life. And light and dark will not occupy the same space. And I'm telling you, it's dangerous. Because look what it says. See to it that no one misses the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to do what? To cause trouble. And look what it says. To defile many. You know what the word defile there means? It means contaminate. To literally contaminate. What does it contaminate? It contaminates right relationships. It contaminates your, your job security. It contaminates your heart where joy is no longer even in your ballpark. Where hope and life are for somebody else but not for you. Self-living, angry, all the time. And you know what's so tragic about this root of bitterness is that we feed it like we do a pet. We feed it by what we watch. We feed it by what we ingest. We feed it by who we're around because here's the craziest thing. Have you ever noticed that toxic people gravitate toward one another? I'm telling you, it's bad enough when you've got one who's carrying that root of bitterness and living with that infection. But you get a bunch of those folks together, it can get pretty scary pretty quick. Talk about going primal. The same people who cheered for Jesus and laid down palm branches, just a few days after that, were the same crowd that were crying, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. The same crowd. 
don't think that we can't go primal and go dark. Listen to what the scripture says. James chapter 1. Oh, I love James. James is so subtle, isn't he, family? James is as subtle as a cinder block brick. Look at this. James chapter 1. My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Quick and slow. Man, what a good... There's threes. There's something about threes in the Bible. I remember a salesman telling me one time, he said, Jimmy... There's a reason why God gave you one mouth and two ears. I had to ponder that a little bit, and then it dawned on me because I'm a little slow. That means I'm supposed to listen as much as I talk. And oh, aren't we quick to fire off the toxin that's inside of us. We do it with our mouth. We do it with our words. It says, be quick to listen, but slow to speak. Could I just say slow to post? Did I just go there? Did that just happen? No, he didn't. Too soon. Here's the thing. We have got to guard the words that come out of us, not just our mouth, but out of our hands, our keyboards, because we leak out what we're full of. Verse 20, for man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Why? Because it's poison and it's dark. Now, Here's what we do. Colossians. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above. This is where we turn the corner and go, so what do we do about this? So what? Yes, Jimmy, that's bad. So what? This is good. Now listen to this. I'm going to get some help. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Now I always talk about this, and we're going to remind you. Uh, it came up when we did the, the story talking about the upper story, lower story, and it's like there's a line, a line that is that veil between heaven and earth. And God has called us to live above the line. That means we're not just to live in the natural, we're to live a supernatural life. The word supernatural means over and above, means beyond nature, over and above what is natural. And we're called to live above that line. But our feet, again, as I said earlier, on terra firma, where our feet are on the ground. So we're torn between these worlds. But look what he says. Seek those things which are what? Above. Above what? Above the line. Those things that are bigger story things. The things that matter. The things of the kingdom. The things that bring life. The things that spark hope. The fact that we are living toward the renewal of all things and the restoration of all things. We're living toward heaven, family, and you're not going to be sitting on a cloud strumming a harp. Now, it may be a less Paul for me, but you're not going to be, whatever, God's got so many things for us, there will be work to do for everybody. So listen, he's going to renew all things, restore everything that was broken. But for now, where we are, we live toward that, thinking towards it, desiring it, excited about it. We're living above the fray or above the line. Look what he says. Seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. We talked about that earlier. Beside God in the place of favor. Verse 2, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Set your mind. Fix your mind. That means lock it in. You lock your mind on those things that are above the line, those things that matter. The bigger themes, we get so bogged down by what's happening down here. We read a headline and our day is wrecked. We get an article sent to us in a private message. Please stop that. I love every one of you. 
please stop. I don't have time. I can't. I don't have literally. I have time to watch all those. So, keep your experience theories to yourself. So, there I said it. So, nobody has time. But one of those things, and it'll send you into a spin, and your anger blows, and the enemy just says, "Ah, oh, finally got you." Boom, leverage. Look what it says. Set your mind on things above and on the earth. Verse 3. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Remember it says? Raised up, seated together. Raised up from what? Raised up from death. We are hidden in him. We are his and we are in him. Let's have our worship team make their way up. Last scripture. Philippians chapter 4. Do not be anxious about anything. We could probably just stop right there. I'll keep going. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends, that means goes beyond, all understanding will guard, will garrison your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, we typically stop there because in most Bibles there, there might be a break there. Be careful that you don't just follow the pattern of the certain translation you're reading because it's actually one flow. And look what it says. Finally, brothers. He's like, here, I'm gonna, let me just wrap this up as I'm doing right now. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. What he's saying is in a very real sense of replacement. And it's like take Light and dark can't occupy the same space. And when dark is dwelling, what I found for me that works is to lean into this principle and receive the light and start to set my mind on things above what is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent. Pray. What he's saying is replace that darkness by introducing the light. Works every time. I'll give you a salvation back guarantee on that thing, as if I could. But I'm just saying, that's how convinced I am of the truth of this word, is that you introduce light back into the place of darkness. And here's how I learned to do that. A number of years ago, I had the privilege of attending the Ransomed Heart Boot Camp with John Eldridge up in Colorado. I went with Jason Pete and Evan Archilla. I don't know if Evan's here today, but I went with him. And we had a great time, several days together. And John Eldridge, who not only is a, is a minister and runs a ministry, he is also an LPC therapist and had a practice. So he brings to me the best of both worlds, whole body, whole soul. And he taught us a principle. I'd done it on my own. I just didn't know there was a name for it. He talked about the power of breaking agreements because what we do I won't even say what we tend to do. I'm going to say what we do. Is that we make agreements with circumstances, situations, voices in our head, logic that we think is logical, or even logic that's introduced from another source. And what we do is we make an agreement with that. It's always interesting. I am an angry person. Do you think that's somebody who's made an agreement with their identity? That they're angry. I always blow up when this happens. You ever heard people use that kind of language? All-encompassing, I always. 
I tell you, when somebody tells me, Jimmy, you always, I go, whoa, wait a minute. Er, stop the record. Not always. Time to time. Occasionally. And I repent quickly. So, I mean, when people do that, don't even receive that. Don't make an agreement with that. But what we've done, many of us, we've made agreements with anger. And what I found when I went to see that therapist guy, he was amazing. He was a follower of Jesus. I had made agreements with things out of my parents' divorce. That I always get disappointed. I always get let down when I get up. Why do I even try? Why do I even get excited about it? Because everything always falls apart. You know what all those are? Those are agreements. And as I'm saying those, some of you are shaking your head because you know exactly what I'm talking about. So what we're going to do, I'm just going to give you this simple principle, and it could help you eradicate these things out of your life, and that is the power of breaking agreements. And we're going to do it together. So we're going to break this agreement or agreements that you have made with anger. First of all, be careful about using this kind of language. I have a right to be angry. Let me ask you a question. Does a corpse have any rights whatsoever? Galatians 2.20 says we have been what? Crucified with Christ. It is not, I don't even live any longer, Galatians 2.20 says, but Christ now lives in me. And the life I live, I live by faith in the Son of God. Does a dead man have rights? We're supposed to be walking dead men, aren't we? Crucified. Our life is hidden in Christ. We just read this in Colossians. We're hidden in him. In other words, it is his life working through us. So frankly, I don't have a right to be angry. I don't have a right to take that somewhere that doesn't need to go. What I have is the privilege of freedom. And the gift of freedom. And I want to invite you to that right now. Would you stand to your feet? I'm going to pray and then I'm going to lead you in a prayer. For those of you who are ready to do this. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask all of you to pray this out loud. Even if you're not participating. Because it will help those that are. And we're just going to go through a little exercise. I want to give this to you. It was given to me as a gift from John Eldridge. I'm giving it to you as a gift. Because this has been a game changer for my life. Don't think an old dog can't learn new tricks. This old dog, as of yesterday, a year older, this old dog learned a new trick when I went to that camp. And I went to that camp thinking, I've kind of been to these things before. I've been around the block. I've been doing this all my life. And then, boom, God shows me something, gives me something, changes my game, changes everything. So, would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Let me pray for you first. Father, I thank you for my friends and family here, for our guests that are here, those that are watching online. Lord, in this moment, there's an opportunity to break agreements, snap them like a twig that we have made with anger. And this low-level, low-grade fever of anger that has gone down into our spirit and threatens to become a bitter root in our lives. Father, we want to eradicate it. We're going to issue a cease and desist order to the enemy, to this enemy called anger, this mentality, this spirit, this emotion. And we're going to do it together. So, Lord, I present all of my friends here in this room and those watching online, I present them before your grace throne. 
I introduce them all to you. I present them, all of us together, and we're in this together. And Father, for those that are ready, I ask God, by your power and your Holy Spirit, to shatter and break every agreement that's been made. We do this by faith in the name of Jesus. So I'm going to invite you to pray with me. It's very simple. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for authority. Thank you for your grace. Father, I present myself before you. I confess to you. I have made agreements with anger and bitterness. And I'm done with it. In the name of Jesus, I break every and any agreement I have ever made with the mentality, the spirit, and the emotion of anger in the name of Jesus. It will no longer have a foothold in my life. And I command it to go back from where it came in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for freedom. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. Somebody take a breath. and, <sighs> Amen. Now, I want to encourage you to exercise that, use that. And if you say, Jimmy, how often do you do that a day? Well, sometimes 10 times. It depends on what's going on. But don't ever, ever think that it's a one-time deal. We continue, and we're being trained in righteousness. This is an ongoing process in life grows. So this week, I want to encourage you, break those agreements. Just crush them right and left. Not just anger, but anything else that arrives right there in that moment. Y'all want to go out with some fun music? Let's have some fun with this. Let's go. Let's do this.
out of the grave I'm walking to. Yeah, y'all sing it. If you walked out of the grave I'm walking to. If you walked out of the grave I'm walking to. If you walked out of the grave I'm walking to. If he walked out If you walked out of the grave, I'm walking to. 
Father, we love you, we honor you, and Lord, we present ourselves before you free and overcomers in Christ. Thank you. Thank you, Father, that you eradicate fear and anger and bitterness from us, that we may live joyfully, lovingly, and peacefully. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. amen. God bless you. We love you. You're dismissed.